This is the James Cancer Free World Podcast. I'm Steve Wartenberg, and today our guest is Dr. William Farr, the new interim CEO of the James. Bill started at the James back in 1975 before there was a James Cancer Hospital. Bill is a world-renowned breast cancer surgeon. He's performed more than 10,000 breast cancer surgeries. He's pioneered new and less invasive surgical techniques, trained a couple generations of oncology surgeons. He's been part of clinical trials that led to huge breakthroughs, and he helped build and lead the Stephanie Spielman Comprehensive Breast Cancer Center. Welcome to the podcast, Bill. Thank you very much, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. We appreciate your time. Thanks for coming. What I find so interesting about your career is it's basically the history of the James, including the Dr. James, who was your mentor, and it's also the history of all the amazing advances that have been made in uh, cancer, treating cancer, especially breast cancer. So let's start with that. Give us an idea of what it was like when you first came here to Ohio State and worked with Dr. James and what cancer treatment was like back then. Well, Steve, uh, I had the opportunity to meet Dr. James in 1975 when I came to do my training uh, and got to know him very well during my first year, had the opportunity to uh, operate with him the number of, uh, of cases. Uh, during my third year of training, uh, uh, Dr. Carey, who was the chairman at the time, uh, had Dr. James become head of a surgical oncology division uh, within the Department of Surgery. So this was a new division, a surgical new, oncology. Correct. A new division uh, in 1977. And they wanted to start a fellowship program. Uh, and so it was sort of the last-minute thing, but they asked me to be the first surgical oncology fellow during my residency. Uh, and uh, that was a wonderful experience. I basically got to spend the entire year uh, working and operating with Dr. James. So I got to know him very well. And back then, you didn't specialize in one type of surgical oncology, right? You performed every type. Correct. I, uh, following my residency, I went to Memorial Sloan Kettering for two years in New York City to do a further surgical oncology training, and then came back to Ohio State in 1982. Uh, and the training for a surgical oncologist at that time was basically any cancer, any place, except for brain cancer. So we learned how to operate on... Um, Sar from sarcomas to colon cancer to pancreatic cancer to laryngeal cancer to breast cancer, uh, we basically were trained to do all types of breast cancer surgery. You said all types of breast cancer surgery. I'm sorry. But you mean all types of cancer Yeah, All everything. types of was cancer, cancer surgery. Was yeah. that harder to be able to do all those different things, or was there enough similarity that with practice – you could do it. Well, at, at, at that point in time, because treatments for a lot of cancer uh, were, were mainly surgical, uh, that uh, it, 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 you know, it was something that took a lot of, of, of years of training, but uh, was really pretty straightforward for, with the different operations that we did. Um, and that continued. Uh, I, I did uh, all different types of operations for about 20 years until uh, the, really the James got going. And at that point in time, as most cancer centers were doing at that time, was specializing in that 
uh, each uh, not only surgeon but medical oncologist and even radiation oncologists would specialize in one or two types of cancer. Because cancer treatment was changing so quickly yeah. uh, that it was difficult to keep up and be a leader in the field for breast cancer, pancreatic cancer, sarcoma cancer, colon cancer, uh, just because things were changing so quickly. So to be at a cancer center where you had a lot of support, uh, all of us in the early 90s started picking out a specialty that we were ingrained to do uh, and uh, putting together multidisciplinary clinics, working with our uh, partners in medical oncology and radiation oncology to really provide the, the, the optimal care for each cancer. That was the vision of Dr. James, wasn't it? Even back 20, 30 years before that, to create here in the middle of Ohio a dedicated cancer hospital when I think probably no one thought that that was possible. It was a pipe dream to, to that, think. That is exactly correct. Um, uh, Dr. James uh, uh, went to Memorial Sloan Kettering to do a fellowship in cancer surgery and returned to Ohio in 1947. Uh, after three or four years, he, he recognized how much, how, 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 treatment for all cancers was was so superior at a cancer hospital where everyone was subspecializing in one area uh, and you know the cancer hospitals at that time were Memorial Sloan Kettering uh, Roswell Park uh, up in Buffalo uh, MD Anderson there was really no cancer hospital in the Midwest and he had a vision in the early 50s his goal was to bring that type of cancer care to Columbus and Ohio and the Midwest. And uh, so he set out uh, his goal. Uh, uh, he'll, he, he told me uh, when I worked with him in the mid-'70s that his goal was to have a cancer hospital built in Columbus, Ohio, that could provide the kind of treatment that he saw patients getting a memorial. And actually, in 1960, there were headlines in the Columbus Dispatch that a, a cancer hospital was going to be built in Columbus, Ohio. Only took 30 years to get it done. And he did live long enough to see that, right? Well, he practiced up until 1989. Uh, and actually, the last 10 years of his practice, uh, I was his partner. And I operated with him a lot during that time. Um, but the cancer hospital opened in 90. So he was able to see the cancer hospital functioning for about eight years. For him, what was that like to have his vision finally come true. Uh, I, I, it was just unbelievable. Um, uh, he, uh, he was able to wheel the first patient uh, that, uh, uh, that uh, was, was housed in the cancer hospital in 1990. He wheeled uh, that patient in, yeah, on in a, a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, in a yeah. wheelchair. And so, uh, I mean, he was, just, um, he was just ecstatic that, uh, you know, he had a lot of help. Uh, there's no question about it. I mean, in 1960, when it was supposed to be approved, uh, it did not get approved. Uh, and so about three years later, he put together a, a Columbus Foundation, a Cancer Foundation board, uh, with the idea of figuring out how to get the cancer hospital built. 
and there were very many prominent people in central Ohio, uh, from Dave Thomas to uh, uh, Mr. Jeffers to Mr. Wolf to um, Mr. Soloff, and and uh, there was a whole list. I think there were around 50, Lynn Emke. Uh, there was a whole list, about 15 or 16 uh, prominent people in Columbus, Ohio, that formed this foundation that, through all of their work, uh, was able to get the uh, uh, cancer hospital funded. What was Dr. James like, his his personality, the, his way with patients? Um, it, when you got to know him really well, he was uh, typical Italian, uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, to his patients... That, that name doesn't sound Italian. <laughs> is he of Italian his, di- origin, his, heritage? His name is Arthur G. James. Uh, his father and mother uh, moved to southeastern Ohio, uh, when he was, I believe, two years old. Uh, and soon after that, his father uh, changed his name, which was, their name was Giacomo. Oh. Uh, and that's what the G stands for, for Arthur G. James. Uh, uh, so they changed their last name to James. So he's Arthur Giacomo James, really Giacomo, but they changed it to James. That you know, and that's kind of good because that would be a hard name to pronounce of a hospital. I'm going to the Giacomo <laughs> Cancer <laughs> Hospital. That that would be that's a tongue twirler. Right I didn't so. think of that, but you are <laughs> yeah. correct. Uh, I'm sorry. Before we got into that, you were about to tell me what he was he was like as a yes, person he and was uh, uh, he was a relatively quiet person, had a very quiet mannerism. Uh, but a very relaxing uh, mannerism, uh, and his, his patients just loved him. Um, he uh, was very patient-oriented. Uh, everything uh, basically was based on patient care, um, and he uh, uh, was also uh, extremely uh, um, um, great in the operating room, uh, operating. he uh, uh, When I first started operating with him, I mean, he had pared his practice down, uh, but for many years, he traveled all around the state. He was the only surgical oncologist uh, in the state through the 50s and early 60s. In the entire um, state of Ohio. In, in That's whole amazing. State. Wow. And there may have been some up in Cleveland, but but they weren't mentioned when I talked to Dr. James. But he traveled around to many of the small towns around central Ohio and did operations that were not done by any other surgeon. So by the time you got here in the mid-70s, and even into the 80s, did you also do that travel around, or by that time no. there, were, there was enough surgical oncologists? Correct. Uh, uh, the early 60s, uh, there were a number of surgical oncologists, and surgical oncology became more of a specialty. It was always part of general surgery, oh, okay. uh, but as cancers became more and more involved with multidisciplinary treatment. And what I mean by that, you know, surgery, chemotherapy, radiation therapy, uh, drug therapy, uh, all of that now is, 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 is played in almost all cancers. So as it became more and more involved, um, you know, a general surgeon who would operate on everything didn't have the knowledge of a surgical oncology to really deal with the multidisciplinary approach to care. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Bill Farr and we're going to talk about how you came to specialize in breast cancer and how you and others built what's got to be one of the world's best comprehensive breast care centers. A revolution in lung cancer treatment is happening at the James. 
We're proving lung cancer isn't solely defined by location and stage, but rather the individual molecules and genes that drive it. Simply put, there is no routine lung cancer. That's why our world-renowned specialists put their expertise towards treating one particular lung cancer, yours. At The James, we go beyond the routine to prevent, detect, treat, and cure your lung cancer. To learn more, call 1-800-293-5066. We're back with Bill Farr, talking a little bit about the history of the James and of about cancer treatment. And Bill, give us, give us a sense of how and when and why you decided uh, to specialize in breast cancer. Well, as, as uh, Steve, as I uh, said earlier, that uh, when I came back from uh, my fellowship training uh, uh, to Ohio State, um, at that time, I did all different types of cancer, from, from colon cancer to pancreatic cancer to liver cancer to sarcomas to head and neck cancer to breast cancer. Um, and as we got closer and closer to when the James was going to open, uh, I at that time was a head of the division of surgical oncology. Uh, and so we started hiring many more surgical oncologists, as we know, or the demand would be increasing. Uh, and at that time, uh, we tended to to work on people specializing, because if you're going to be a top cancer center, uh, you need to have people who are specializing in one disease, because as, the, as treatment became more and more involved and more, uh, and, and more difficult for different types of, of cancer, uh, that uh, to really be an expert, you needed to specialize in one, preferably one, but two areas. Uh, so as a division chief, and I kept hiring people, I would turn part of my practice over to them. Uh, and so in, in the uh, uh, 90s, uh, I did mainly esophageal cancer, um, breast cancer. Esophageal is the throat, the neck? The, the, the tube that takes your food from your mouth to your stomach. Okay. That's called the esophagus. Esoph- okay. Uh, so that type of cancer and breast cancer, thyroid cancer, uh, and then uh, around 2000, as I hired more and more people, I gave up the, uh, the abdominal part of the operation and just did thyroid cancer and breast cancer. And then as I got busier and busier, it became, and we started opening up the multidisciplinary clinic, uh, that's when I gave up everything except for breast cancer. So I went on a, the, from doing everything down to really specializing in breast cancer. Okay. You mentioned the, the multimodality breast cancer center you opened. And the first one was not the Spielman. The first one was years before, right? It, it actually was. The cancer hospital opened in 1990. And one of our goals of the cancer hospital, as I mentioned earlier, was really to work as a team. Um, most cancers not only required surgery, but would require chemotherapy, radiation therapy, reconstructive surgery. So in 1992, actually, I started the first multimodality clinic where all of those treatment modalities... For breast cancers. For breast cancer, correct. Uh, We met on a Tuesday afternoon, uh, and we'd see a patient. And while the patient was there, they would see all the different modalities, uh, options for treatment. Uh, so they would get their answer on what kind of treatment they wanted in one visit to the hospital. So this was an actual physical building 
sort of off campus, right? No, this the first oh, one the was first actually one. In, in the first floor of the of, of the, the James oh, Cancer okay. Hospital. Uh, and we just met in a clinic room. Oh, okay. Uh, but that became so successful that about five years later, we moved the whole operation up to uh, a building called Stone Ridge, uh, which in Columbus is up in 161 and Sawmill Road, about so right five miles Dublin. from the campus. Okay. And at that point in time— This was like 1990, mid-90s? 1997. 97. Okay. And at that time, we had surgical oncology, medical oncology, breast imaging, a chemo area, and physical therapy. So we didn't have everything at that time, but uh, we were able to increase our, our, our number of patients and being able to see more patients in the multimodality setting uh, greatly. Uh, and it took us about five or six years to outgrow the place we called Stone Ridge. Uh, and that's what led to the the development of the uh, Stephanie Spielman Breast Center, in which we'll, we now live, basically. Um, and that is a, a 125,000 square foot building uh, that has everything you need for breast cancer treatment. The only thing we don't do in that building is the the major operations, which are done in the cancer hospital. But in that building, a patient will come in and see usually three or four options of treatment from a medical oncologist to a surgical oncologist to a plastic surgeon to physical therapy to radiation oncology. Uh, So every modality that is involved with breast cancer care is housed under one roof. So a patient never has to leave the building to to get all of their answers on what their treatment uh, is going to be. They can even get wigs and special clothing to, there too, right? We yeah. have a what's called Hope's Boutique, which was started by a breast cancer survival when we were up at Stone Ridge back in about 1999. And it's a fantastic uh, area. Uh, it's right inside the door of the Stephanie Spielman. They have everything from wigs to uh, to uh, uh, bras to bathing suits uh, and all other accessories uh, related to cancer. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's really a world class uh, option for our patients to to go and and get fitted for whatever they want. They they fit all the patients down there, and it's just a it's just a great place. Not only do do our patients go there, but we have patients from all around town that will come there uh, to get the expertise of our fitters. But you get patients from all over Ohio and beyond for the Spielman. We do. Uh, Actually, the largest part population of our patients is from around Franklin County. Um, That's just geography. Yes. And uh, a lot of people from southern Ohio, southeastern Ohio, even over into West Virginia and down in Kentucky. So we have a pretty wide uh, uh, basis of people to to come to get the the expertise. We also have... um, a mobile mammogram mm-hmm. uh, that goes out into rural communities where they don't have access to uh, to get their screening mammograms, uh, and actually one of our uh, um, donor events. Um, 
not too long ago, raised money to uh, uh, to fund another mobile mammogram machine. So now we have two. So uh, you know we can we can go out to the rural areas that don't have a lot of uh, medical access and, and and have people get their screening mammograms. Yeah, because early screening and early detection is is the key to. Uh, there's no yeah. question. I mean, our um, breast cancer incidence in this country uh, is is going up every year. This year there be about 260,000 people in this country that will get breast cancer. Uh, and that's gone up probably 100,000 in the last 10 years. Uh, but the, the, the success is that the mortality uh, has not gone up as the incidence gone up. In fact, it's gone down. Even with the number of patients increasing greatly, the number of deaths overall is down, is which down. means that the, the, that's all through research and science and treatment. It, yeah. it, there are two factors. One is, as we just mentioned, uh, getting screening mammograms mm-hmm. and early detection. Uh, our mammogram machines continue to get better. Now we have 3D mammogram machines, which uh, uh, really can pick up more cancers than the regular mammogram, uh, but also our treatment. Uh, there's no, it's, it's clearly that now we are targeted therapies rather than give everyone the same kind of therapy. Uh, we're able to, to, to subspecialize, basically, the type of breast cancer we're treating and give more effective therapy uh, uh, along that way. And the, your ability to do this, to give this targeted precision uh, treatment to women, is why they come from all over the state and beyond. Because Correct. you're yep. one of, if not the, the top breast cancer center in the world. We do uh, provide great care. In fact, we just opened to uh, sort of the new treatment on the block, not only for breast cancer, but many types of cancer is immunotherapy. Immunotherapy is finally uh, uh, able to to be successful in many types of diseases, and we just opened two clinical trials uh, at our breast center for immunotherapy. Um, so again, we're we're right up to date with all the clinical trials and and therapies uh, that uh, people can have the uh, advantage to take part in. That must be pre be pretty rewarding for you that since you started in 1975 till today, that the treatment and options and you're able to provide for your patients is just is just so much better and you're able to get so many better outcomes what's that like to be to be part of that trend and and to help your patients I mean, it's really rewarding and very exciting because breast cancer has probably come further than any other solid tumor. Uh, And what I mean by that, when I started my training back in the mid-70s, Almost all breast cancer patients had what we call a radical modified or radical mastectomy, and that's basically where the entire breast was removed, all of the chest wall muscle and all of the lymph nodes. So no matter how large or what type of breast cancer they had, that was it. That's that what you did. That was the type of treatment. Yeah. So since that time, we've gone through modified radical mastectomy to lumpectomy and radiation, and now there's a clinical trial uh, that in some types of cancer. Uh, that they receive chemotherapy, and then we repeat their tests that showed the cancer, and if that cancer now is no longer seen, we can just do a biopsy and potentially not do any surgery for pretty advanced breast cancer. Wow. So I've seen it going from radical surgery 
to potentially, this is just an early clinical trial, but down the road, we may not even be doing surgery for some types of breast cancer. What's that like to, I mean, you're the history of modern cancer treatment, breast cancer treatment. You've, and have participated in all those steps along the way. Well, it, 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 it is. It's very exciting, but, but also very rewarding to, to, to see and be able to treat patients, uh, you know, from, from the time where back when we started, if some lady had a lump in her breast, she would go to the operating room not knowing if it's cancer or not and may come out without her breast. Wow. Uh, to so, the oh, point, so before the surgery, you would tell your patient, if we see that this is cancer, we're doing this radical mastectomy and the patient goes to sleep not knowing what's going to happen. Well, correct. Until today, where, where as potentially you said, we yeah. may not even be doing surgery uh, in a, in in a very short period of time. That's that's uh, uh, probably the uh, the most solid the, the solid tumors that's changed the most in treatment. So now, it and in, after all these years, it seems like a very logical choice for you to be the interim CEO of the James. How did that come about? <laughs> well, um, uh, Mike Caligiuri, who was the CEO at the James for uh, uh, for many years, uh, uh, stepped down to to, to seek another uh, um, uh, option out in California, and uh, and they really wanted someone um, to uh, to to step in and 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 uh, uh, be there until we were able to hire a hire another person. And and I've been there a long time. Uh, I served actually as director. of medical affairs for the cancer hospital for the first 22 years it was open uh, so I had administrative experience and, and they uh, they asked me just to to fill in and and uh, I, I must say I uh, have a feel uh, feel somewhat obligated to, to Dr. James to make sure that it, uh, his, his, uh, his vision and the vision of the cancer hospital continues. So I'm hoping to help out for a short period of time. Well, one of the things I've heard from, from people, including a few of your patients as well as your colleagues here is, and you mentioned Dr. James was great with his patients and put patient care first. And that seems to be the thread that's run through the James all these years. And that's, I, I know that that's very important for you, and that you really take care of your patients. Well, well, uh, uh, it is very important to me, and and since the Stephanie Spielman Center opened now seven years, or I can't believe it's been seven years, uh, but that's what we stress. Uh, whatever we do at the center, uh, not only in surgery but medical oncology, breast imaging, whatever it is, it's it's about the patient. It's not about us. Uh, if someone needs to be seen at five o'clock at night, we see that patient at five o'clock at night. Uh, if someone needs to be added on the next day and we don't have a spot, we add them on the next day. Uh, so that's been my vision for the breast center, and we've been pretty successful about uh, about carrying it off. Is uh, uh, everything's about the patient? Okay. Well, thank you. This was this was great hearing all about the history, and I just have to say that. It, it just seems perfect that you're the, the interim CEO, that you're not only carrying on Dr. James' legacy, but you're carrying on and creating your own legacy that's going to last for many, many years through all that you've done here. So thank you. Well, thank you, Steve. Okay. This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center, Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital, and Richard J. Solov Research Institute. For more information, check out our website cancer.osu.edu.